Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Two Gals and a Mic podcast. And I am so excited to be speaking with Donna Andriasi today, who is an Air Force veteran. She is a power lifting champion. She's a Spartan race finisher, a dog therapy volunteer, a grandmother, and really just an overall amazing and compassionate lady. So Donna, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So we met, uh, it's been about two years now when I first moved to Montana. Um, you and I worked at the same place and I clearly remember that I had not been there but probably a couple of days when you walked into my office and you took it upon yourself to <laughs> say hello and to get to know me and you asked me if I wanted to go hiking and we did and we went hiking and I had a wonderful hike and a wonderful conversation and that just struck me as so kind and really compassionate and that that is the type of person you are so tell us a little bit more about your time in the air force what did you do I worked in a supply warehouse I worked for the 97th bomb wing in Blyville Arkansas where our mission was bombers and tankers so I I always say my job's kind of like being a pizza delivery person, only I delivered aircraft parts. I went in open general because I came from a really small rural town in the South where your future was to get married and have kids. And I knew that wasn't something I wanted to do and I wanted to leave home as soon as possible. So I signed up open general and I took the first job they gave me and I never looked back. So you joined the Air Force, you, uh, you delivered aircraft parts, and how long were you in? For four years. And then what happened? Why did you decide to get out? Um, my career field was overstaffed. Evidently, everyone was going in open general and got stuck with that particular job. And I thought about retraining, but I just thought I would get out. It was the right time for me to get out and move forward with my life in a different way. So that's what I chose to do. And what did you do? Um, I went into banking um, and I had a career in banking for a long time. And after that, I kind of went into public service. I had moved to Bozeman, Montana, actually. And I worked with a gal at the bank and her father worked at job service. So she, we were all complaining about working at the bank and how we wanted to do something better. And she's like, well, go register at job service. My dad works there. He'll hook you up. So I went to job service and met her dad and put my name on the list for something he thought I might be qualified for. And this one day out of the blue, I'm driving in my car on the way home from work. And this lady named Rosemary, she calls me and says, hey, I'm Rosemary with the IRS. Would you like to come work for us? <laughs> that's, that's a call from the IRS that you really do want to get, right? Right, for sure. It was, it was crazy. Like this particular day, she calls me up and I worked for her until she retired. She retired probably, I don't know, four or five years after I started working for her. And she said, she always called me one of her best hires and her social butterfly. <laughs> Because I was always so nice to people. <laughs> okay, so during this time, you also had a little one, did you not? No, my daughter was 18 by this point and had graduated high school. So I was single, living 
in an apartment by myself and just trying to figure things out by this time. So yeah, no little ones at home. But you did have a little one. So when, when was she born? Was, was that during your Air Force time or? Um, she was born right after I got out of the Air Force. Okay. So you were navigating transitioning out of service with having a little one, with trying to sort of find your way and then eventually landing in Bozeman. How did, how did you do that? That's a lot. Well, I was married to someone in the military and we served in, after we were in Arkansas, then we went to Japan. After Japan, we went to Wyoming. After Wyoming, we went to Alaska. And from Alaska, we came to Montana. And by the time all of that stuff happened, she was her senior year in high school when we came to Montana. So, um, so within all this time, you're, you're, you know, you're getting your work going on. And then are you powerlifting at this point? No, I'm not powerlifting at this point. I really, I was trying to, I had gotten divorced when I was in um, Great Falls, Montana. I, I moved to Bozeman because I didn't really like Great Falls. It was closer to where my daughter lived after she graduated high school. And then I started working for the IRS. And, you know, once you have been married for a long time and you're used to two incomes, you're used to like a certain way of life, right? And then all of a sudden here I'm a single woman and living in an apartment versus being a homeowner. And it was really scary. But after I started working for the IRS, I saw that there was opportunity there. If I went back to school and got a higher degree, I already had a bachelor's degree, but I knew that if I went back to school and got an accounting degree, it would open a lot of doors for me. So while I was working full-time, I was going to school at night or on the weekends, getting my accounting degree. And meanwhile, I'm volunteering for all this crazy stuff at the IRS so that people will see that I'm motivated, you know, I'm willing to do what it takes to support the mission, right? And just really making a name for myself. So I knew that whenever I wanted to get promoted, people would say, hey, I remember Donna, she was here circuit riding. And, you know, I just thought along with getting an advanced education and being a person of integrity and making a good name for myself in my career, one day I could get promoted. So that's what I did. You went to school and you got your degree. And I got promoted. I mean, that's honestly, Donna, that's a lot of stuff to juggle all at one time. So kudos to you for that. So you got your degree in accounting, which has, I'm assuming that that served you well, because I know that the position that you're currently in, um, you still do, it's not banking per se, but you really do manage these really large programs that help communities. Yeah, so I worked for the IRS for about eight years. And after I finished at the IRS, one of my friends that, that I was working with at the time, she said, oh, Donna, here's a job at USDA I think you'd be great for. And it was as a loan, a loan specialist in the business part of USDA rural development. So I applied and I got hired. and. That was another promotion. And um, I worked there for five or six years. And then just recently, I started this job 
and got another promotion. So really just by me being committed to going to school and making a good reputation and a great name for myself, it has all led to where I'm at now. Yeah, so I don't wanna discount that because I think um, what, what I know of you, Donna, is that not only have you done that, but you give so much back from all of these learned experiences. You have been a mentor to many people. You've gone through leadership programs and you've been able to give back to the community. And then even in the work that you did, um, and I can speak personally to the work from USDA because that's where Donna and I met one another was when we were both working with USDA. Um, all of those programs that you were helping really were developing rural communities here in Montana. So I wanted to know a little bit, um, well, we were gonna talk about powerlifting, we can get back to that, but I wanna stay on the subject of mentoring and what that's like for you, like your ability to, to just pour into people and to give back from all these learned experiences. I started mentoring at USDA. That's where I did the bulk of my mentoring, at least official mentoring was at USDA through the mentoring program there. I was one of the first people to sign up when they launched the program, the mentoring program. And um, I mentored, I don't know, four or five people while I was there. And I really enjoy doing it because I know what it's like to try to navigate computer programs and processes. And if you're new on the job and you don't really understand how to do all that stuff, it's nice to just have someone you know that you can pick up the phone and call and say, hey, how do I do this again? Or do you know who I talked to for this problem? And, and really when I signed up for being a mentor, it in some ways it turned out to be way different than I thought it would be. One thing I formed lifelong friendships with people that I've mentored and I found that not only did people talk to me about things they were struggling with at work, they would start talking to me about things they were struggling with in their personal life. So yeah, mentors, um, I really enjoy doing that. So let's get back now to the powerlifting because I, I do really want to dig into this. Like, how did you get started in powerlifting? And I'll just say for our listeners, by the way, when we talk about mentoring and teaching, uh, and we can talk about this story in a few minutes, but Miss Donna got me into powerlifting for a very short amount of time, uh, but I did do it a little bit. Um, and it was, it was great. I really enjoyed it. So how did, what led you into that world? Well, I started going to a gym without really any training or I hadn't been doing it very long. And I, we were deadlifting one day in the class. And I think I deadlifted like 250 pounds, like without much practice or training and they were like wow you're really strong you should be a power lifter and I'm like well what's that and how do I do it so I um, started training with one of the coaches and she started taking me to powerlifting meets well she started training me over a course of I don't know three or four months after that and we did a powerlifting meet in 2015 and for my age and weight group, I was the strongest lady in Montana in 2015. And then I power lifted again in 2020 in the masters. Cause by now I'm over 50. And once you pass, I think 51 or 52, you're considered a master. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a master's champion in 2020. And then in 2021, I competed in my home state of Louisiana and 
now I'm the master's champion. Unless someone broke the record since 2021, I don't think they have. I'm the master's champion in Louisiana. And my max deadlift is 325. My max squat is 295. And my max bench was 165. Oh my gosh. So did you have to do all three events to be yep. able to win the master's title? Yep. You have to do all three and then they all have to be good lifts. Like you can't um, have any mistakes in your lift. If you do, it's called a no lift. And then they just take the best of the three. So you lift each lift three times and they take the best of the three and that's your total. And depending on your total, you can go on to compete at nationals, but I never, I never went that far. And mostly because I hurt my shoulder and I wound up having a total shoulder replacement. So that kind of has grounded me the last couple of years, but I'm starting to lift seriously again. I've hired a trainer and hopefully you'll see me breaking some more of those records. So what was your motivation? I just like to be strong. And I mean, it, it feels good to go in the gym and lift stuff and see how much you can lift and do things that most ladies my age can't do. And I really think too, it's going to serve me well as I age and when I retire that I can still be fit and active and be strong and not have to worry about falling, breaking my hip or you know, not having a good quality of life when I retire. So you got all three of these championships. You're, uh, you're the strongest woman in Louisiana. You're one of the strongest women in Montana. Um, and then you decided to do this Spartan race, right? And so, and this yeah. was, recently. this was not even, you know, a few years ago, this was just a few, a few months ago. Yeah, that was back in May. Yeah. I just decided to sign up for a Spartan class just because I work from home now and I wanted to be around people. <laughs> and they were like, come on, Donna, let's do a Spartan race. I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I did. Holy cow, that was one of the hardest things. That was harder than deadlifting 325 pounds. So tell us about the day, sort of set the scene and tell us Tell us about your, your thoughts and your emotions and how you got through all of those obstacles. It rained all weekend. And honestly, I was really scared to do it because I didn't, well, you know, you, it's something you've never done before. You don't really know what to expect. Sure. We did like all these practice obstacles here in the park and at the gym, but it's not like, like a real world scenario. Right. So it'd been raining all weekend. It'd been cold all weekend. And it was in the mountains of Montana. It was, a, I did the 5K and you had to go all the way up a mountain through the wilderness, seriously, where they set up all these crazy obstacles that you had to do. But I had a really good coach. He really um, amazed me that he stepped up and said, Donna, I'm doing this with you every step of the way. So he's a real hero in my opinion, because he had already done two races since so he did a race Saturday. He did a race Sunday morning, and then he did the race with me Sunday afternoon. And he seriously was with me every step of the way. And just having that person there, like to support you and encourage you, it meant the difference between success and failure. 
is that not a metaphor for life right yeah, yeah. oh my gosh it, there was 20 22 23 obstacles all together you had to crawl under barbed wire on your belly and you had to climb over a four foot wall a six foot wall an eight foot wall you had to climb up Oh man, I don't know how high in the air it was, 250 feet up a, um, a cargo net up over the top and down the other side. I had to pick up a 75 round concrete round ball and walk, I don't know, 50 yards with it. And remember it's been raining and everything's muddy and you're picking this up out of the mud and trying to carry it without dropping it. Cause if you drop it, you got to do 30 burpees and I did not want to do burpees. So I held on to that thing for dear life. And so you're doing all these crazy obstacles and it's been raining and you have your coach who's with you every single step of the way. Um, I know that when I trained for my Ironman and when I crossed the finish line, there was this immense sense of wonder and awe. Um, so I'm wondering, and I feel like the entire thing was not necessarily about crossing the finish line, but more about what I learned through the course of the training and through the course of the journey. What was that like for you? Like, what did you learn from that? I learned I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was, and I'm capable of a lot more than I thought I was. And it felt really good. So is that translated to anything that you're doing now? Hmm. Maybe. the toying with the idea of doing it again, getting back into powerlifting. Like, even though I have limitations because I had my shoulder replacement. I mean, I did that. Why can't I go back to powerlifting? So I'm going to give it a try. I love that, Donna. It's like no boundaries. You're just, you're after it. You're getting it. Yeah. I want to, I want to live every day. I don't want to waste a minute of it thinking shoulda, coulda, woulda. So less physical and more sort of emotional. I'm going to transition here to what you're currently doing with your sweet, sweet golden retriever girl, Harper. Tell us a little bit about the journey that you and Harper are currently on. Well, Harper and I are um, a, an intermountain therapy animal team. So she provides happiness to other people. We started the process back in February, March of getting registered. So we had to do this training. We had to take a class and we had to pass a test. And then we had to shadow someone and we still have one more shadow to do. And after we're done shadow, shadowing, then we have facilities like nursing homes, hospitals, schools, libraries that ITA, Intermountain Therapy Animals are registered with. And we can go there at any time that they have times available for us to go and just let them pet Harper. She can lay in bed with people in the hospital or she can read with kids at the library. So our, our um, first job shadowing was at Heart of the Valley, the animal shelter where they have a day camp for kids in the summer. So kids can go there and learn about shelter animals. And so once a week, we bring a therapy animal into Heart of the Valley Animal Shelters so they can find out about ITA and 
how we got involved. Anyway, we did that last week with another lady and oh my gosh, it was, it was really awesome to see all the kids love on her and pet her. She was just like, oh, thank you all for petting me and loving on me. Did that fill your soul? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cause I just love to see kids happy and you know, maybe they don't have a dog at home and that was their opportunity to pet a dog and spend time with a dog and, you know, learn a little bit more. And yeah, and they just all reminded me of my own grandkids because she grew up with my grandkids and she sees other kids and she thinks they're all her kids. So <laughs> it's a fun thing for her. <laughs> so what, why did you decide to do this? this thing with Harper? Well, I want to give back to my community. And I think that's a really great way to do it. And it allows me the opportunity to share Harper with other people because she is such a sweet, loving dog that she's really good with other people. So it gives me the opportunity to do both things, give back to my community and share Harper with other people. Which does she like it? Does she like being a working, a working girl? She seems to. <laughs> <laughs> she was so tired when we got home. It really takes a lot out of them. They're really, I guess, emotionally exhausted when they get done with being around all of that activity. But she really seemed to enjoy it while she was there. So we've talked a lot in our, in our brief conversation about, about mentoring and about different opportunities that presented themselves to you as far as like your work and gosh, moving all around the country until you found a place that you could call home. And now you're really plugging it, continuing to plug into the community and to giving back. And so I'm wondering, Donna, what would you say to someone who's sort of in that transitional phase? You have this, this way about you, this mentorship and this knowledge, like what are some words of wisdom you can share? I would say, make a plan for what you want. And make your plan can always be fluid don't feel like you have to stick to it being a certain way by a certain deadline but in my experience it doesn't always happen exactly the way you have it laid out on paper so being willing to make corrections as needed to get to where you want to go is is really important um just believe in yourself Surround yourself with people that believe in you. Have a good team. That's what I call it. Good friends who support you, who will, what did we say earlier? Um, follow you in all your crazy ideas. <laughs> okay, real quick, real quick. Donna, can we just recount the story of the time that we went hiking? And uh, this is a fun story. Let's so. Donna and I went hiking um, up this place called Frog Rock and uh, our two dogs were out in front of us. They were off leash, right? And so they went over a, a rock outcropping um, and ended up on the path below that was hard to get to just because of the nature of how the rocks were. So my friend Donna and I talking about follow you on your crazy ideas had to enact our own search and rescue mission. <laughs> to go get my dog that was below while Sweet Harper was still on top of these rocks with Donna. So we, yeah. we did some serious rock climbing and uh, some hoisting of my 90 pound chocolate Labrador 
<laughs> I said it couldn't have been the skinny dog that jumped over. Nope. <laughs> so definitely important to surround yourself with people who have your back and who will lift you up and empower you for sure. Any other words of wisdom? Gosh, just believe in yourself. And I already said that and stick with a plan. Let it change if you need it to keep your eye on the prize. Well, Donna, thanks so much for joining us today, for sharing your words of wisdom, for sharing uh, your just bubbly and absolutely infectious personality. Um, just really appreciate all that you've done personally for me during my time that I've lived here in Montana. And I can't wait to see what kind of crazy adventures we continue to, uh, to get up to. For all you listeners out there, make sure that you share, like, Give us a comment and we will see you next time on Two Gals and a Mic.